Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Welcome to another Folks Talking Sports Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am Chris Gardner, one of the co-hosts joining me. The other two, Willie Gibson and Andy Yanez. Willie Gibson, how are you, sir, from Ohio? I'm all is well, sir. How about you down there in Texas? I'm doing pretty well. It stopped raining. Okay. Andy yeah, Yanez. It's been raining the whole day. Last yeah, few days. You were just at U of H, Andy. For me, basketball practice, just made it back in time. We're going to get to that and what you were able to see in a few minutes. But, um, and that's for people who are tuning in. First part, we're going to talk NBA Rockets, i.e. John Wall and that situation. And then get a little bit into uh, Ben Simmons. And then the rest of the time is going to be really Will with his Ohio State update, but U of H men's and women's basketball because practice started for the 2021-22 season this week. So we're going to talk about that. The fellas' first day of practice was today, while the women's first day was Wednesday. But first things first, you got to hear this. The Rockets had their media day on Monday, September 27th. Training camp began on the 28th. They've been in Galveston since Tuesday the 28th, and they'll be there until tomorrow. They're going to scrimmage tomorrow. Then they're going to come back here for practices in H-Town starting on Monday with their first preseason game Tuesday versus the Washington Wizards. But first up, y'all just got to hear this. And if you haven't already seen it at the YouTube channel, the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel, this is part of the John Wall, Rafael Stone media session from Monday's media day. You just got to hear this, folks. Here we go. Again, what changed is just we had a bunch of conversations about what's best for John and what's best for us and how to find a happy median. So um, and, and we were having those, but but like. But real life happens. And so it's, you know, I don't want to I don't want to suggest that we weren't having those conversations in May or whatever we were. But um, but but real life happens and, and your perspective changes and other things happen in his life and, and looking at opportunities and, and, and for our team and looking at opportunities. And that's but that's why you keep talking and that's why you try and find things, you know, at, you know, that work for you now and and. And the world might change again. And then we're just going to talk, you know, like, like I do think the thing I, the thing I appreciate the most about John is how easy he is to discuss things with on kind of a very real level. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. So like anytime you're talking and communicating, you're talking and communicating, but I think what we, what we found we think is going to work for the foreseeable future. That's I, I, I can't give you more, at least from my perspective, I can't give you more than that. I don't know if you have a thought. No, not really. Basically, like what we spoke on, we spoke on, like he said, uh, we both just have been having conversations. The season's been over and then going through summer league and going through the draft and things like that. Uh, we just been talking and figuring out through both groups of our parties. And uh, we both decided it's the best situation to do what we're doing. And uh, like I said, while I'm here, I'm going to continue to work out, prepare myself for whatever situation comes my way. But uh, just help these young guys out as much as possible. Like teach them everything I, I learned throughout these last 12 to 13 years I've been in the NBA and teach them how to be a pro on and off the court and, and then critique their, critique their game and try to help them get better day by day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there you have it. John Wall and Rafael Stone, they're, they're people from both sides talk, agreed to 
sit John, have John be a coach, basically, until they can find a deal amenable to both sides. For the, Beyond that, John Wall will be a coach. He won't play for the Rockets. He will travel with the team on the road, and he'll get paid, but he won't play. Thoughts on that? Let's see. I was taking notes. They they talked, they discussed, they communicated, and they spoke. <laughs> and this is what they came up with. That's I, and then two, what is it with Houston? Because Deshaun Watson's getting paid but not playing. Now John Wall's getting paid, not playing. They were they were ready to do that with James Harden. What, what's what is it? I don't. I, I, that's uh, yeah, interesting. They talked, they communicated, and discussed, and spoke. Andy, yeah, I mean, there's not much more you can say. Uh, the, the interesting thing uh, that caught my attention was whenever Rafael Stone said, "You know, it changes. I mean, maybe it'll change again." Um, I, I found that interesting, but I don't, I don't think anything will change in terms of John Wall playing for the Rockets again. But yeah, it's. It's kind of rare. I mean, in this, in especially in the NBA, when you see it's not rare all the time. I mean, look at in Philadelphia that Ben Simmons wants out of Philly, but you don't see him talking with the general manager talking about, yep, this is this is what we agreed to. This is what we're going to do. And until I get traded, I'm not going to play, but I'll be in the facility. I'll stay working out and I'll help the younger guys any way that I can. That's rare. That's something that honestly I've never seen before. I, I know you two have covered the NBA much longer than I have or been around it. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen anything like that. But for me, that's that's rare. It's, this is unique. Okay, this is very unique. And Andy, I'm glad you, you brought up Ben Simmons in Philly because today was, you know, as a, being October 1st, the, sec, the date that Ben Simmons was to receive 25% of his salary for this season. And because he's not there, the Sixers, the Sixers decided they're not going to pay him. Well, that's what that's not an incentive to get Ben to come to Philly. Ben already said earlier in the week that he's not coming. He, he he's told his teammates, don't bother coming out here to talk to me, to, to come join y'all. And I'm not coming. I'm, I'm done. So Daryl Morey, I guess the Sixers are, are trying to call Ben's bluff. But according to ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, Ben and his people, Ben's ready to sit out the whole year. You know, so how long is how long is going to go on? Ben has money, okay. He's he's due more money this season, but and we could all use money. And it's not act like I'm going to turn down money, but he really believes. And the Sixers brought this on themselves, okay. Doc Rivers said he threw. Been under the bus when they got eliminated in the playoffs. Now Doc trying to walk it back like he didn't say. Ben ain't forgot that. He not forgot what Joel, Joel Embiid said months ago. Ben hasn't forgot how the Sixers in Ben's eyes built the team around Joel instead of him. Joel had a good comeback, but Philly did everything for you and they got rid of Jimmy Butler. But where do y'all think this is going to go? You know, I mean... <laughs> it's a contrast because yes, the Rockets and John Wall have agreed to not pay John Wall. I mean, to pay John Wall, but not play John Wall. Whereas Ben and Daryl Morey 
are not talking ever again in life, apparently. So mm-hmm. who's going to blink first in Philly? Yeah, uh, bring up a comment that Brandon Thomas said. Uh, it speaks volumes in terms of you know the willingness that Rafael Stone was able to do with John Wall and being that communication, obviously, with where both John Wall and the, the team is. They certainly have different goals, especially for this upcoming year. So talk it out and, and find a resolution. And, I mean, it's just so odd to, for them to be in agreement and be able to to have a unified message to, to reporters and look at Philadelphia where yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that if Ben Simmons doesn't want to play for Philadelphia ever again, he probably won't play for Philly. And it puts Daryl Morey in between a rock and a hard place because if you trade him, there's going to be teams that, that won't be – I guess market value, if that's the right word, or they're going to get a lot less in return than what you would be just in terms of, well, if Ben Simmons isn't going to play for you, you don't have the leverage of, you know, asking for more at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep eating that contract until Ben Simmons either, like they say, they call the, the, his bluff for him to show up or for, I mean, Philadelphia to cave in and send them one way. And that's the other thing since Philadelphia is in win now mode, I don't think they can afford to have Ben Simmons sit out and not get anything in return and just play the season without getting something resolved. Yeah, well, where do you stand on this, on the Ben Simmons stuff? It's so complex, Chris, because you look at it, you have a 6'10 player who played power forward and someone came up with the ingenious idea to put him at point guard and he can't shoot. And now can't shoot and now and won't shoot and won't shoot right and so now I mean and this reports it depending on who you believe he doesn't work on this game he's been coddled he's been babied and now his first true taste of controversy he wants to run and I'm, I I don't know um I think Philly's had it no not think I know Philly's had it Joel Embiid has had it basically said with the comments that you no know, they did everything for you. When they got rid of Jimmy Butler, and everybody knows Joel and Jimmy were swerving out and are still tight. So for I, I don't know, it's just <laughs> and and, uh, and when I think of Ben Simmons, you think you 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 see the LA Fitness videos in the summer. He's shooting threes. He's working on his game allegedly, but it doesn't translate to the season, and it doesn't clearly didn't translate to the playoffs against the against the uh, the Hawks. So. He's going to get traded. You know, they're, everyone's, you know, they're in the stare down. Who's going to bleed first? He, the, it's it's irreparable. He's not coming back to Philly. There's no way. Now it's just Moray, Elton Brand, Rich Paul. They they got to work out a deal that's amenable to everybody. You know, Philly's not going to get, what, three first-round picks and, you know, whatever else the, the reports are that they're asking for, you know, it's good. That they, it's it's over for for Ben Simmons and Philly, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with with you guys, uh, uh, Brandon. We'll talk about Ben Simmons. I want to get back to one of the thing real quick. In the press conference with John Wall and Rafael Stone, Rafael said, as of this week, as of just you know Monday, the Rockets are not considering a buyout for John Wall. And per Rafael, it's not in the best interest of the rockets nor is it in the best interest of john wall so as of right now not gonna be a buyout just gonna be john wall coach john wall (laughs) player player coach john wall going on the road 
being talking to the, the young guys, helping them become professionals, that role. Ben Simmons is in the first year of a four-year extension. So in that sense, the Sixers have leverage because they got Ben for four years. But if Ben says, I'm not playing, and he sticks to it, then Philly has an asset that is a hole in their lineup, a hole on their roster, and they start losing. I'm not saying they're going to, but if they do, then you've got to trade it. Then you're going to have to lower your demands and just get something for him that's reasonable. Every GM wants gas for the moon initially. Then you got to come back to reality and make the best deal still for you and the other party. But there are more, you know, folks in Houston know who follow me for years. And Will, Andy, you know, we're new in our working relationship. You may not know. I'm not a fan of Daryl Morey. Okay, I never drank the cough, the tea of in Morey Retrust and all that kind of stuff. No, that ain't me. Okay, so he called Ben Simmons bluff. Ben said, okay, I'm, hey, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm well off right now. I don't need the money. They already paid me 25% of my salary. That's 8.25 million. I'll live off that. I'm, I'm good with that. So, you know, only thing I give Morty credit for is when he made a mistake, he tried to correct it as soon as possible. Well, this is a mistake in my opinion. So he needs to correct this as soon as possible. Well, before we get into U of H basketball for a good part of the show, let's talk the Ohio State. And Andy, I, I don't want to say it mocking and making fun of the American Michael Resco, but got to talk about that uh, move news today as well. So, Will, you got some Ohio State news to share? I do. Um, we talked about it last week. Why we why I don't mess with the point spread. They beat Akron. They played Akron. The point spread was 53. Ohio State was a 53-point favorite, and what did they do? They won 59-7 to by 52, not 53. So somebody in Vegas knows what they're doing clearly. But, um, yeah, um, Ohio State did win against Akron in a, in a money game. Akron received $1.8 million to, to go back home with uh, with that L. And uh, it was a game that you expected it to be. You know, a lot of uh, second and third team guys got a chance to play in the second half. C.J. Stroud did not play, um, resting his shoulder. Uh, he is on tap to start tomorrow. Ohio State at Rutgers, um, and I and I started to see the the the, the rationale behind sitting him against Akron. Clearly, it's a game Ohio State can win without him, but they're trying to get him as healthy as they can for for Penn State on October thirtieth. So they sat him against Akron. He plays October second and October 9th against Rutgers in Maryland. Then there's the bye week for Ohio State. It's another full week off. So. Two weeks out of four, he's not playing. Let's get that shoulder as healthy as possible so he can hopefully uh, be ready for the the, the stretch run uh, for the end of the season. But Ohio State, you know, and it's a disrespect factor. You could tell that the fans are back on, on, on track because they feel disrespected that Ohio State is only favored by 16 against Rutgers. 
because Rutgers, by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination, it's, it's, as long as they've been in the Big Ten, Ohio State has beat them by 50-plus uh, each time they've played. So to only be favored by 16 on the road at Rutgers, it's, it's yeah, viewed as yeah, disrespect. But Rutgers, aren't they playing better this year so far? They are. Yeah, they did go to Michigan last week and lost 20-14. to 14. Uh, Graciano, former Ohio State defensive coordinator, is in year three uh, as head coach of uh, Rutgers' second tenure, actually, at Rutgers. So they are playing better. Um, they are playing without their starting cornerbacks that have been suspended for some off-the-field uh, situations they found themselves in. So, yes, they, they're playing better, but it's Ohio State. It's, the fandom is the fandom. It's, and, it, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's the fans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's short for fanatic for a reason, as we yeah. all know. But, yeah, they, they feel disrespected and slighted that they're only favored by 16 against lowly Rutgers. Andy, do you have an update of uh, U-Rates football in Tulsa right now? I do. Uh, currently, Tulsa just broke off uh, – uh, about a 20-yard run, but UH is doing real good. They're up 14 nothing. Uh, how, how did they score? Excuse me, because when I got into the studio, it was 0-0, and UH's starting cornerback got tossed for targeting. And that's when I yeah. got on here. They've had two scores. One, uh, The last one was a, a chunk play where they were around midfield, and it was like a screen play to – um, the receiver's name is Jeremy Singleton. He broke a tackle and it took a 47-yard touchdown. And the other was uh, literally just finishing the drive and ended with a, a one-yard scoring touchdown. So our offense has been able to produce. Um, actually, they could be up 21 nothing because one of the Marcus Jones had a pick six uh, as well, but it got called back. But well, they're off a good start, but Tulsa's. Tulsa's threatening a little bit. They just ended the first quarter. But if U-Rates wins this game, they'd be 4-1. and And I think when we made our predictions a month ago, that's what we, we thought. Roughly, they'd be 4-1 after five games. Uh, I think I think that's what I did. They had them, I had them losing to Texas Tech to start the season, then winning four in a row, then losing to Tulane because, point blank, I like their head coach more than Dana. And then I think the next game after that is a Thursday night game. So I didn't have them win. They got today, Friday, then next Friday, and then a Thursday. That's not a game in a short amount of time. So I think the stumbles will begin. But go ahead. Um, first, I was going to say, um, I mean, Clayton Toon looks real good out there, real sharp. Um, obviously, a big part of it is who they're playing with Tulsa. But he's 9 for 12, 148 yards and a touchdown at the end of the first quarter. And... Um, Obviously, a big part of it came from that last play, but also their running back, uh, Dejon Henry, uh, has 28 yards on two carries, so they're off to a good start. But I think it's third and two from Houston's 32 for Tulsa, so they got a shot to keep that drive going and at the very least uh, kick a field goal. They go that route, but so far so good after the first quarter. Now let's talk about we're about to get into college hoops, H-Town college hoops with Will Andy. This week, I guess Monday, but it really began last week, rumors circulated that the American was going to add Air Force and Colorado State. I think uh, I heard that from Matt Brown last week, and then Brett McMurphy 
reported it Monday, Tuesday this week, and that it was close to happening. It was like never say never, but it's going to happen. Thursday, I read Air Force got some major pushback from big money donors about considering going to the AAC. Lo and behold, today, Friday, Air Force announces with Colorado State, oh, we're going to stay in the Mountain West. And they tag it with, with Boise State. Boise State wasn't going to AAC. Boise State's waiting for the Big 12 to come calling. They're, they're going to sit where they are, being the highest paid team in the Mountain West, and wait for the Big 12 to expand again. So, but Air Force, Will, Andy, y'all know, money talks. If money, if money, if enough money talks, attitudes change. So <laughs> attitudes change today. And now the irony is, with the wishy-washy statement that the American you released, well, we never invited anyone uh, to join. We only talked to teams who are interested in, you know, communicating with us about joining. We have not talked to anyone. Okay, whatever. But egg is on the AAC's face. And the Mountain West released a statement hinting at they are looking at adding teams potentially in the future. So I wonder who that could be for the Mountain West. I think first thing, the American needs to go ahead and add UAB from Conference USA. But Memphis won't. Memphis, I think, will wait for the Big 12 to come calling. But this just looks kind of bad because now, who was it? The Sun Belt says that we are the top autonomy, not what non power five school conference. That today, Mount West says we are <laughs> the American power is wounded. They're wounded. Power six, nobody calls that power six except Michael Resco. But just thoughts about Nick Andy, Randy. their knees being cut from under them today. Yeah, um, whenever you sent me the, the the announcement from Air Force that they, they weren't going to be joining the American, I think we literally, I sent you the statement that Mike, the American had released uh, that Mike Oresco had mentioned. Um, he, it seems when it, for all these G5 conferences, I mean, they're just in a wait-and-see approach. Um, I think I found it interesting that there was so much pushback for Air Force to, to join the American Athletic Conference, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to, you know, why why was it so strong? Is it because they view that the American Athletic Conference would be, a, would, could it be a step down? Would it be just a lateral move? It's not worth it. I mean. Yeah, it's more lateral move. Right. So that I found that interesting. But, I mean, <laughs> if, if the American Athletic Conference isn't going to be able to get any of those programs, like you mentioned, UAB, I mean, man, how the conference has fallen. I mean, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, you lose those, and the best you can do to replace them, and if anyone's from UAB, no, no disrespect, but I mean, UAB, I mean, that. Well, you're and, right. And like you mentioned, you got Memphis. I don't even remember what, um, what other school it was. I, it was one of the articles you sent me where, they brand themselves Power Six, but clearly Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF didn't buy that. And you know, I'm pretty no, sure. Yeah, and Will, that was a commissioner of the Mountain West who said yeah. that. Yeah. Wow, wow. And 
I mean, look at Memphis, look at SMU. If those schools were to get offered an opportunity to join any of the Power Five conferences, they jump at it as well. So, I mean, geez, what a rough couple of months this has been for Mike Oresco. Well, what are your thoughts on that, that news, the American with egg on its face today? I'm, uh, forgive me for my Kanye-ness for a minute. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm address that in a minute, but the big money donors for Air Force, is that like, and I'm being this with all seriousness, is that like the federal government? What big money donors at Air Force? Mm-hmm. See, I, I, let, let, yeah, let's say military government probably got involved. You know, okay. or or alums, alums of that, you know, connections to it. Yes. Let's say okay. it like that. Yes. Okay. Because I hear big money donors at Air Force. I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go go with that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, egg on the space for the American. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, you, you can't come out and say you didn't talk to anybody when, is known that you have, and then I guess I'm, I'm still on the power six thing. From I don't understand you, you call you tout yourself as a power six, and then three of your Hallmark uh, schools in the conference leave, and then oh, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good, and then other schools and seemingly comparable conferences view you as a step down, so they don't want to come. And it's like, oh no, we're good. And did, did I see that Oresco got a contract extension? Three year extension, yeah. yes, sir. Yep. For I was what? shocked at that. Yep, I was shocked at that. For what? And with all due respect, what? Why? I mean, I, I'm not in anybody's pocket by any means. Don't get me wrong. Secure the bag, but for what? It's got to be stability. But I think Commissioner Oresco and the AAC. Mr. Chance wants Oklahoma and Texas, once that was announced, they're going to the SEC. And Commissioner Resco should have right there, it should have invited the Big 12, you know, four schools like it was rumored. Just go ahead, just do it. Just put it out there. They had their chance. They had their some momentum because at that point, you know, even if it was a, a day or two, a couple of days, the Big 12, the leftover eight, they were wounded. Okay, so strike while the iron was hot. That passed, left over eight, got time to think about it, calm down, look at other situations, reality, and say, you know, we can be good if we get this money. When we get this money from Oklahoma and Texas, let's just hang on. And then TV said, well, you know, if y'all want to continue stabilizing, go ahead and take teams from the American and take, oh, yeah. Let's do that. Michael Resco think he's big and bad. Well, we're going to show him how big and bad we are compared to the American. Our opportunity gone. And now you got Air Force and Mount West, you know, waving their fist in the air, pointing their finger back at you. Some bell pointing their finger back at you. And the money that the American is getting per school, six million per is better than four million per in the Mountain West. But that's right now. When Houston, Cincinnati, UCF leave, that number's gonna go down. Is that a question of how much is gonna go down per school? Four million per would be lucky. 
So that's why Craig Thompson, the commissioner of Mount West, said, at best, this, that's a lateral move for my schools. So just wait. And that's what, with the help of some big money folks <laughs> at Air Force, whoever that may be, made them realize. Because really, it's just a football move. The travel for the student assets at the Academy of Air Force for the Olympic sports, if it had gone to the America, would have been too much. Would have made no sense financially for the same amount of money you're getting in the Mount West with less travel expenses. Good luck to the American. And we're about to, I keep saying this, we're about to get into U of A's clips. But I read this from Pete Thamel from Yahoo. Why are you shaking your head, Andy? What happened in football? Uh, another scoring uh, update. Houston is up 21-0. I told you Tulsa was driving the defense as they would get forced to turn over on downs. And right now, the running back, who's he's going to be a good player for UH, just broke off a 27-yard run for a touchdown. Um, so Houston's up 21-0. Okay. Alton McCaskill scored. The, yeah, the four-star, right? Yeah, who yeah. was was getting interest from Alabama and I forget what other school, but then the pandemic hit and he the only school he was able to meet in person was Houston and it worked out in favor for Houston. He stayed here and he's been on a tear to start to see me just score. Real, real quick, Yahoo Sports, Pete Thamel wrote this today, this afternoon, about the, the mess that Texas and Oklahoma players well, the administration as well is going to receive as long as they stay in the Big 12 until they move to the SEC. It's going to be the same thing probably for U of H, UCF, and Cincinnati from member schools, member, you know, fans of schools in the American. Just an article had quotes from Missouri coach, basketball coach Kim English, the animosity, the fans, tossing coins and just all kinds of things at the players when they walk on the football field and the bitterness because Andy, as we learned this week, once the school announces they're leaving the current conference, they can no longer vote. Mm -hmm. So U of H has no, no, you know, no voting authority in the American. Now the American took away the track and field championship. They're going to host next spring. Um, and swimming, diving, I think, as well. It's a mess for the players, the student assets. They got to be bear the brunt of this in Longhorn OU case, supposedly four years. No, I doubt that. But you evade at least one more year. And based on what I heard this week, it does not seem like you evade is going to pay the extra money to leave the American after this season and is going to be there for another for another year after this one. Why? 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 See, this is another indication of the administration doesn't think about the players. Let's think about what they're going to go through these next two years, being called all kinds of names, being probably hit with objects on the fields of competition. Because the president and the higher ups went after the bag. They're just not going to care about them. You know, just I ramble on just will your thoughts on that. I did read where they uh, took away the track and field championships and also Lee Ward Burrell's comments as well. I think that's petty. I think that's petty. I mean, I mean, 
Very extremely petty. petty. Having, what's petty is having the American Athletic Conference account, the official account, uh, quote tweet Leroy Burrell's tweet and say, "Oh, this is this is in our our rules that we every conference agreed to." I mean, I think I. Chris, I think I might have told you it felt like Mike Oresco himself tweeted that out of the account. Yeah. yeah. Responding, responding to, to Burrell. It was absurd. And and yeah. the, and I think UCF was hosting uh, an event as well. They took that away from them. Yeah. The <laughs> Man. Soft, softball tennis, one of those two. Um, I think it might have been softball, but yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's in the bylaws and, and, and all, all that. Okay. But you're, you're being petty. And, and you're taking out on the, the players, the student assets, for something that they had no control over. Okay, who, who is it hurting for U of H to host the track field championship? No one. And, and, it's, and it's moved to, I'm not sure where it's moved to. I don't even know. Hey, Wichita huh? State. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm getting to the point that based on this news this week, I don't blame U of H for taking picture backdrops of U of H Big 12 stuff now. <laughs> yeah. with, with no American stuff now. I, I, don't, I don't blame them. You know, you're supposed to be adults and be grownups. Eh. U of H, if they could, if they could agree on a, a, an amount and have somebody who could just write a check, they'd be gone after this year. I'm convinced of that. And, but I think Commissioner Resco is, is going to try to stick the screws to him and make the price after one year be so high, it'd be just unreasonable for U of H to leave after this year. But real quick, and we get to the clips, Kim English, Missouri coach, and this is what I'm not sure if Coach Sampson would do this, but I know the fans would. If U of H win men's basketball or women's as well, Wins a championship, wins a conference championship. This year, if you're still in the AAC next season, fans start chanting, Big 12, Big 12, Big 12, Big 12, or just whip out Big 12 shirts, <coughs> holding up the AAC trophy. Just hold it up as they walk off the court. You know, hey, they're going to be petty. Let's be petty too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so uh, the fans would do that. The Coaches probably won't, although the Kim Ingus did apparently. <laughs> Kim Ingus bought, he had SEC shirts made for the tournament, for the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> and when they won it, he's like, he did that. You know, he had, so I'm like, you know, but okay. First things first, Wednesday this week, women's college basketball started for Houston Cougars women's basketball. Going to hear. Three clips, one each from Coach Ronald Huey, Seaman, Senior Diamond Gladney, and Senior Layla Blair. The first two, Coach Huey and Diamond Gladney, the team, apparently the players, came up with this slogan of unfinished business. And that's based on, Will, they were the first team among the first four out last year to be in the tournament. And really, it came out to one bad loss. It was a home loss to a Cincinnati team. That, Cincinnati, after they had beaten, uh, yes. I think they were 13th ranked uh, USF. Yep. Um, just, just had a big win. And 
I, and, I, and I fought it when they lost. It was because it was a home loss, too. And I was like, yeah. they just lost this shot. And sure enough, when the tournament announcement came out, the bids came out, U of H was on the outside looking in, waiting to see if another, if another team had COVID it's issues thick. that mm-hmm. they could replace. So that never happened. So U of H mm-hmm. went to the WNIT instead. But first up, hope this works. First up, head coach Ronald Huey <laughs> from Wednesday. The thing that I love about this group is, like you see them right now, they're always early and ready to go. You know, that's the thing that I think sets the mark for them. You know, they, they're excited. You know, they came up with their own slogan for this year, Unfinished Business. So they came, they brought it to me and like, let's use it. I was like, okay. <laughs> How will this team be different than last year's team? Uh, you know, like last year at the beginning, we started out with that incredible depth. So this team will be a proven depth. You know, we have some kids that play at other places that are, you know, can naturally fit in and do what we do. Uh, Tierra Young is coming around. Uh, AJ Thompson is coming around. Big Fatou coming around. You know, so they're starting to understand how we do things. And the boot camp was huge for us with that. You know, and they came out of that and they need a couple of extra days of rest. So that's why we didn't start yesterday. So we started today. But that team... Uh, this team, I think, can be really, really good with our depth, and the competitive is crazy. The competition is, is, you'll get a chance to see if you watch some of them today in practice. Amazing. That's why I, it's my job to make sure we stand up and live up to the standards that we can really be. Now, Diamond Gladney, real quick comment from comment on the, I guess, the motto for this season, Unfinished Business, what it means. Well, that this is simple. It is business. Like we have a lot to prove this year. We have a lot of people to sew up and sew out on. So it'll be exciting. Now, Will, the next clip from Layla Blair. She is, how should we say it, Andy? The best player on the team. Best the future sure. best scorer. Yeah, let's go with that. The best the, scorer. The, what on the team. Kiwi, um I, I think what you're referring to is what Ron Huey said last year at the beginning before they started their season. He called her her um, ceiling was sky high. I think he compared it to Chandy. You yeah. you asked if it was Chandy Jones high, and he he said it was. Yeah, and I, I had to put him in check on that one because Chandy Jones is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so Layla Blair has a long way to go to get to that stratosphere. But here we go from Layla Blair. What did you work on? this summer, this offseason to improve your game? Um, so some key things that I worked on, I had to, I watched them, so I had to see like my weakest points from last year. So the main thing was being more efficient with my shots, um, taking out time to focus on my free throws so I can have a higher free throw percentage next year. And also just being an overall like better player and an ultimate teammate. So working on my leadership skills and stuff like that, reading more, um, practicing interviews more, just just doing a lot of different things on a mental aspect as well because basketball is not just physical. It definitely is mental, really. Like, you have to have that mental strength. So um, just basically um, implementing a lot of things that are mentally get me strong. So one thing for me that gets me mentally strong is my faith. So my faith, I make sure that I stay consistent and prioritize God in my life. So um, that's another key thing. And really just working on my skills. And every it's always an opportunity for me to grow. So really everything. That's Layla Blair. So we heard from Layla Blair and, and Diamond Gladney. And the full clips are obviously are on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. 
as well as from Julia Blackshell Fair, super senior. She took advantage of the NCA extra year of eligibility to come back after tearing her ACL in January, I think, Andy. And she made a healthy recovery. And she thinks she's going to play, I think, as soon as the start of the season in, in November. So the schedule is, uh, has been announced for U of H, men and women. The team, women's team, has a goal of getting to the NCAA tournament. Their non-conference opponents are pretty stellar. You know, they're going to Cancun for the Cancun Challenge. They face Baylor in that challenge, as well as Arizona State. They also have Alabama and Florida State as part of the non-conference schedule. So that's four teams from power conferences, of which they're about to become one, a member of. And Coach Huey said to us that when the announcement to the Big 12 invite for U of H happened, he received phone calls from nine players, I think he said nine players ranked in the top 50 in the country who had been or were considering other power programs and now are considering U of H. And getting phone calls from some players who want to transfer to U of H because now, mm-hmm. oh, now, you got, now you're going to the Big 12. Hey, Coach Huey, you got a spot for me now? Mm, I don't know. It's funny how things work. Life comes at you fast. But Andy, what, just what are your thoughts on what, what have you heard about U of H women's team this year? Yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly an interesting model that they um, chose to go with. But it makes sense. I know last year's um, they they called it the redemption year just after, honestly, the, how the 2019-20 season had been uh, played. Uh, I get the solo shot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going um, big time, man. Right. The 2019-20 season, they, they really struggled, but a lot of it honestly had to do with depth. I think you said there were times when they only had like six or seven players, which was brutal for the course of the season. A big difference last year, like you mentioned, being the first team out in the NCAA tournament was tough for them. And then going to the NRT and closing out the season with a win, it was in a consolation bracket, but still being able to close out um, the season with a win was big for them. And I remember what Ron Huey said when we had him for pot time at JAMA, I believe it was sometime around August, uh, early, mid-August. But, I mean, that, that's that been the big difference for, for this team coming next year. I mean, that's the big goal. That's the next step to to make it to the NCAA tournament. And, honestly, what John Huey said is for this season, the big goal is going to be going right at UCF, who Houston has really struggled against. That's the team that ended their their chance at making the NCAA tournament after they beat got lost in the American uh, conference tournament and then USF who they were able to beat last season um, a huge win for them and it was unable to catapult them into the NCAA tournament but that's really what they're trying to accomplish before they head over to the Big 12 and I know one thing Huey has said is once they get to the Big 12 they don't just want to be one of the other teams where you know we're happy to be here they're going to want to to get to that conference and compete and it'll be interesting to see how they match up like you mentioned against Baylor uh, whenever they do I, it, I believe it's Thanksgiving week or sometime yes. around there um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how well they match up with them because obviously historically with how good that program has been now um, in the coming year or two once they are in that conference they're gonna have to see them year in and year out so it'll be interesting like you said to see how they match up with those power five schools very good, Andy. 
solo layout right there. See, that's how we're going to do that the Wilkes. me off guard for a second. <laughs> My apologies, Wilkes. I, I should have given that to you for, for the, the Ohio State segment, but I'll be doing that going forward. That's what we're going to do things for folks talking sports. Give y'all time to shine. And you got another update to share? Yeah, I believe that U of H just scored again. So it's 28 nothing, And this one was another short pass to receiver for Nathaniel Dell. He fumbled at the goal line, so they were at the one-yard line, and then they just handed it off to Alton McGaskill again. So he has three touchdowns in the first half, and Hugh of H is up 28-0. And let's be clear, Tulsa's not a very good football team. No, they okay. are. They're, they're not. They are and, and to Dana's credit, he does a good job of beating, of beating teams that aren't very good. They're supposed to win. Yeah. Yes, he wins those He's games. done a good job. He, he takes care of that. Now, teams that are as good or better – that's where he has struggled. And I think those struggles will continue next Friday on the road against Tulane. But first things first, beat Tulsa tonight, improve the 4 and 1, and convince some people, some fans that, see, we told you Dana's a great coach. Slow down. Slow down. Okay. That's they got to prove it. You know, now they got to prove it. Yeah. Beat, they, and beat SMU. Because SMU beat, beat SMU, TCU. Beat Memphis. So, um, yeah. Those yeah. are going to be the toughest conference games. If, well, next week will be challenging because it'll be a Thursday night game, like you mentioned, at Tulane with, I mean, uh, what they were able to do to begin the season against in Norman, against Oklahoma. It was big for them, but they, they've kind of cooled off since that opener. But still, that's that's a team that last year, were, the first game of the season for UH, were beating up the Cougars. It was 24 nothing at the first quarter, and UH was able to rally back and, and win that game to their credit. But that'll be a tough challenge, but if they can get past this game, which it, it if they somehow lose this game, it'll be a major class. It looks like they'll win this game against Tulsa. And if they can win against Tulane, they'll have good momentum. And like I said, at Memphis and SMU are the toughest challenges for the regular season. And if they can win those games. Slow down, Andy. It, Slow down. We still said 8-4. and four. Cincinnati. We still said 8-4. and four, So let's not get ahead of ourselves because they're 4-1 potentially after tonight. Okay. Well, you said minimum. Correct. Yeah, but that, that's that's looking at long term. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'll read I'll read it back. So if they can beat Tulane, uh, Tulsa, which it looks like they are going to do, it'll be Tulane, and like I think that'll be the the third game in like 12 days for them. So they're certainly going to be feeling it by the time they have to play um, Tulane. But yeah, like you mentioned, it they've done a good job under Dana Horson beating the teams that are bad. They're supposed to beat. They just haven't had any marquee, any signature wins under all reason. Well, about to switch to the U of H men. The U of H men went to the Final Four last year. Mm-hmm. 28 and 4. Mm-hmm. If I were to tell you this year's team will be more athletic than that team, what would you say? As far as their final four chances or just saying? No, 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 no. no. I, oh. This year's team mm-hmm. looks to be more athletic and better defensively than last year's team. They should be. They said they didn't rest on their laurels. They improved. I'm glad wow. you said that, Will. First up, we got Fabian White, then Marcus Sasser, and then wrap it up with head coach Kelvin Sampson. I feel I feel great physically. I, th- I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life, and this is this is probably the most mobile 
big man group we had. And I think the slowest time we had in our mile was a 545 for our, our, our big man. So that's that's pretty good seeing how, how big it is, seeing a 6'10", about like 250. So I feel like this year, this is the most most athletic team I've been on, and it's going to be it, we're gonna we're definitely gonna be great on defense, but we gotta see how we're gonna be on offense. Lost Will, hope he comes back because I want him to hear that. But now lost Will. But now we got because uh, you heard well, you probably heard, it, but I want to hear uh, Marcus Sasser's comments as well for the viewers. Marcus, uh, give us a, a kind of a scouting report on the newcomers. What will they bring provide the team this year's team? Um, I think this year's team is very, very athletic. You know, we're going to be great on the defensive end. Um, Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech, he's a great shooter. He can help space the floor. He also He's also a great defender. Um, Tajay, he's probably the most athletic dude I've seen in person ever. So he's very athletic and help on the defensive end. Um, and the three freshmen we have, Ramon, Javier, and um, Robbie, they're really all athletic, too, and can help defensive and rebounding-wise. So I feel like this year's teams can play way much faster than we did last year and, you know, very athletic. So it would be better defensively also. Oh, let's line up Will here. Before I bring in Coach Sampson, Will, did you hear that? I did. What, what are your thoughts on that? And Taze Moore is a transfer from the Big West Conference. Okay. But his his hops, new social media, YouTube, just Google. My goodness. And this is after he's had five surgeries on his leg. Oh, wow. And he still has springs. Maybe, maybe they put in some springs in his legs, man, instead of ligaments and stuff. Because <laughs> his hops are insane. He had a clip. Andy, did you see the clip on Twitter? He did a pass off the backboard. Uh, I, I, where he, I I did. he did a like a, I, I might try to describe it, like a, a double tap off the backboard and dunk it. Hmm. Like he, he passed it off the backboard and then it hit the backboard again when he caught it and backed it off the backboard and then dunked it. It's it's wow. ridiculous, and he's going to come off the bench wow. to to shore up the defense. They're going to be aggressive, going to be athletic. Fabian being not you know talking about the big man running a five forty mile. That's Josh Carlton transfers from UConn. They're going to be on paper. They're going to be too deep at every position. The biggest question is Marcus Sasser adjusting to his role as a point guard, more of a passer and facilitator, but. And of course, getting to the Final Four is not a birthright. You know, you're just not going to wake up in the morning and, hey, we're in the Final Four. Need some luck, need some good health, and all those things. But for those people, and I'm not throwing shade at Memphis, I'm not throwing shade at the NASA writers touting Memphis. All I'm saying is don't forget about the team that, from the conference that went to the Final Four. They're going to be just as good, if not better, than last year's team. And Andy, let's see. The schedule came out. Uh, was it yesterday? The yeah, first UVH-Memphis matchup will be, I'm pulling February, it up here, February 12th. 
on ABC, Will. On ABC. Five time. 2.30 slot, ABC on yep, Saturday. Saturday, February 12th. And then it'll wrap it up in the regular season on March 6th at Memphis on CBS. on CBS. So we called it. We called it whenever, uh, I believe when Imani Bates uh, committed to, to Memphis, we said um, I could totally see them putting um, one game on ABC, the other on CBS, which I – I, I'm not sure before, but I know the last two seasons that I've covered on those games have been on CBS, the last one to end right. the season. Uh, I did I find it interesting, though, that usually uh, the Memphis game where they play in Memphis is in February and the the regular season finale is in Houston. And this year they, they change it up a little bit. Um, I, I, someone within the program mentioned that uh, it, it's just interesting schedule-wise. Um, I wonder if the American did that on purpose. Well, well, last year, the game, I think the end of the season was supposed to have been in, in Memphis, but because of all the cancellations and stuff like that, um, Houston got it. You know, Coach Sampson, it's not our fault, Memphis, the first matchup, you know, whatever kind of thing. So right. that's what ended up in Houston. But in Memphis, folks who are unhappy and, you know, whatever. But we're going to get to, oh, got some comments from Rocket People. Comment from Adolphus Moore, who's going to be in Rochester, New York, this Sunday for the Texans-Bills game. Going to do a live stream show after that game with our colleagues in New York. We got we got folks in New York who are helping us out. Folks, I'm telling you, Houston Round Bar View is, is going places, people. I'm just telling you, just stick with us and enjoy the ride. But here we go. We're going to wrap it up and answer those questions. But, yes, final comment will be from head coach Kelvin Sampson, and then we'll get into comments from our viewers on Folks Talking Sports. Here we go. No two teams are alike. Um, this team has to, this team will have to find its voice. This team's going to have to find its, um, find its uh, identity. Um, but our, our coaching staff will, will help them along the way. Um, um, really haven't thought about our games or anything. We just focused on the, uh, um, you know, getting to this first few practices and and uh, just continue to get better. But I'm, I'm anxious to see how everybody mixes and blends with each other and who's willing to sacrifice and, and who's willing to, you know, like Dejan last year, you know, he had a couple of games where he scored well uh, and we lost those games. Um, I think it was at East Carolina at Wichita State. We, we weren't going to win with Dejan being our leading scorer. And I had to sit him down and explain that to him. I said, winning has to be more important than statistics. And so that was a huge sacrifice that he made. I think he's benefiting from that right now uh, and talking with him at um, uh, the Pacers uh, training camp. But, um, but every team has to go through that. Who's willing to give something up to, for, for team games? Um, I'm anxious to see how that plays out here in the next couple of weeks. All right, that's Coach Sampson. I think it's important what he said. You know, got to see this team's identity. Yeah, that's that's interesting that he, he told you guys in the morning because that's he repeated that in the afternoon whenever I got a chance to interview him. Um, he, I mean, that's something he said. I believe he said it years past too. But you know, every team's different, and I think it was early in the morning when he said it's not fair to. When you compare the losses they've had, like you mentioned, Dejan there, but also Quentin Grimes, Justin Gorham, like those are seniors, or I guess in Quentin's case, he wasn't senior, but he was a big part of the team. 
and uh, comparing any of the new players, especially at the beginning of the season, Kelvin says that it, it wouldn't be a, a justice to them or it wouldn't be fair to, to compare them. So it's interesting to, to, that that's something that he repeated. Now let's get into this. Gary Banks, and I'm going to post your, your, your comment. And I want I got thoughts on this, and I, I want y'all take on this as well. He read that Philly wants Wall, KPJ, and picks for Simmons and Thibault. Rockets ain't trading KPJ. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, and I'm <laughs> I don't know why why Philly would want John Wall and his ninety one million dollars. So I just well, y'all go ahead and get, comment on it, and then we'll get we'll talk about it. Go ahead. No, that's not a, that's not what happened. Um, I think if anything, Philly and Houston and a third team, but not for KPJ. Uh, I mean, you know my affinity for him. I wish he never left Cleveland, but I just did. You know, I, I'm happy for him because basketball aside, he I, I listened to him uh, media day as well Monday, and he's in a place that. He's in a place that I don't want to say cares for him more, but he's in a, a stable environment for him. A place that he's a it's a it's it's allowing him to flourish off the court. Y'all know what he can do on the court. I mean, he did right. that in Cleveland, but to have him in a place off the court that he's comfortable, that he's um, he's able to to benefit from the the resources that the Rockets have provided him with that. Cleveland just didn't do. They tried. They thought they did. But I'm, I'm happy for him as a person more so than a player. But that being said, they're not going to – he's right where – no, that's that's not going to happen. Agreed. And and Will just gave – an, exactly. Another indication of why he's part of Folks Talking Sports. In case folks – why? why? Uh, Chris and Andy being from H-Town got a guy from Ohio on the show because he's covers Ohio sports and he's covered KPJ. He covers big 10 sports. We're not just going to talk H town teams on folks talking sports. And at some point as we do these shows, I want to talk boxing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all saw the fight, mm-hmm. the fight Saturday and Anthony Joshua lost to Alexander Usyk, but the better man won that fight. But anyway, Will's going to give his, his thoughts on, on this. That trade rumor, and you know, the viewers know, Will knows, it only takes one team to blink and say, let's make this deal. I don't see that one team making a deal right now for John Wall. Ben Simmons, Darryl Moore got a blink. And so far, he's shown no indication that he's going to do that. I think it's inevitable that he's going to do it. But, and it might happen. You might need for a Joel Embiid to say, look, Daryl Morey, he don't want to be here. We don't want him here. Get his butt gone. Get what you can for him. Let's move on. Let's go to war with what we got here in the locker room. Forget him. Maybe that's what it's going to have to take. You know, but we'll see. Next, bring this up as well. I think Mr. Moore is, is being... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's more of a, a national media angle of it. Larry Brown is 
how can I put this with, without sounding um, wimpy? Byron Bonds is a hell of a coach. Okay, he's a hell of a coach. He is a pain. <laughs> he is such a stickler for details. He drives point guards insane. He's so old school. It rubs some people the wrong way. Okay, but he's a hell of a coach. He has a reputation as a great builder, but he also has a reputation for burning bridges and leaving teams that he coaches in a, in a mess. Memphis is touted as a national favorite Final Four contender because of the recruits that they brought in, as well as Larry Brown and Rasheed Wallace on the coaching staff. Plus, they think it's time for Penny Hardaway to finally get his team to the NC tournament and not just win the NIT. So, you know, and Brandy, great point. But AI, AI and Larry Brown clash heads all the time. Yep. Because of AI's personality, his style. But it took them a good while to, to mesh and realize what works best for the team. But oh no, Larry Brown is old school to his bones, okay? And if you don't change, chances are, and my goodness, Larry Brown is what? Is he 80 years old? I mean, he's, he's up yeah. there in age, man, you know? So he he's just setting his ways. And I wonder, and Penny has, has wanted LB be part of his staff for a while. But I wonder if at some point, will he get on Penny's nerves? Because that's what Larry Brown does. I mean, that's just really what he does. You know, keep in mind, flashing back, he led the Pistons to the finals again after winning the championship. The second trip to the finals, he was looking at other jobs while coaching the Pistons to the finals. That's what he does. So, you know, I digress. But yes, Quentin Grimes, Brandon Thomas, answer your question, is with the Knicks. And we also have... Uh... Going back to the Memphis coaching staff, uh, they have Rasheed Wallace on the staff too, correct? Yes, they sure do. Yes, yes. Rasheed Wallace. Dynamic. Dynamic. He and Larry Brown got that North Carolina Tar Heel ties, and that bond is is amazing. I mean, that goes back. the The alums from the '60s support the alums to the present. It is a Dean Smith. He did a great job continue, keeping that family together. Um. Quinn Grimes and the Knicks. Q seems to be fitting in well. Knicks fans seem to love him and expect big things from him. Wish him the best of luck going forward this season in his NBA career. Uh, and did you see John Rothstein tweet about the Maui Invitational? Oh, well, you too. Did you see it being moved to Vegas? Yo, I saw that. So, yes. Got to do. I'm assuming it had to do with uh, pandemic problems. Yeah, in Maui, issues COVID in issues. Uh, so in Vegas, November 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. 24th is Wednesday, before Thanksgiving. Man, oh man, I'm just <laughs> saying if, if I can convince my mom's caregiver to to do us to a brother a solid, <laughs> you know. Vegas for Thanksgiving. I, I, I might try to go there. So, so you know, I'm going to try. We'll see. But, yeah, 
Vegas is cheaper than Maui. <laughs> okay. <For> sure. <laughs> when, when you're on a budget like I am, you got to get it where you can fit in. So, but yes, Brandon, Rasheed is a coach. Rasheed coached some high, some high school slash, mostly once in high school, yeah, um, previous years. Yeah. yeah. And Rasheed's basketball IQ is, is, is amazing. Okay. It's, it's, it's off the chart high. He just drove me nuts and a lot of people nuts who followed him and were fans of the team that he played. He just didn't seem to love basketball enough to bring his talents to the forefront all the time. Cause Will, you saw it. Yep. Rashid in the in the in the post with that high release. Yep. It was it was darn near unstoppable. He just wouldn't do it enough. He just would float in out of games offensively, defensively. But when he was locked in Rashid, there weren't too many bigs better than him, man. So yeah. Wow. So if he can teach the bigs at Memphis some of his skills and in the block on the block. Memphis has something there. And, of course, he, he didn't be, uh, begin it, start it. He just made it famous. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. <laughs> so, yeah. Ball don't lie. Uh, I think a writer for in San Antonio Express News made it. He created it. But he's a uh, – what is it? What is it, though? He was the LeBron, in – The LeBron comment. Well, see, there we go. Rashid says Rashid says stuff. I mean, Rashid kind of like hot topic, kind of like Kyrie. Rashid, yeah. you know, similar to Kyrie, he just says stuff. You know, yeah. sometimes he just says stuff to say stuff to get people to, to talk about him. Yep. You just gotta take it for the source and do it what you want. But he is a good coach. He's a good communicator. You know, he does. He is outlandish, but that's Rashid. You know. Did y'all see the comment? Was it Brandon? Was it you with 33 wins? Well, see, mm-hmm. you're close to Andy. Andy said 31 and 51. I said 21 and 61. I think the, <laughs> the, the, the Vegas, some Vegas lines predict between 22 and 25. 25, I think, is that's where I cap out at. Because if the Rockets win 33 games, they're going to be, they won't get a high pick, a lottery pick. And they need another high lottery pick, in my opinion, to continue to continue their path to be a, a championship contender and not just a middle of the pack playoff, you know, first round exit team in two years. I, you know, but whatever. But yeah, Brandon, I haven't changed it. Look, look at the month of December schedule, Brandon. Go look at December schedule and you tell me how many wins you think they're going to get it in December. And I, hey, I don't mind being wrong because it'd be more fun for me because Rocket fans love them some Rockets and they love the YouTube, Ron Barbie YouTube channel and they come to it. So, but my prediction ain't got nothing to do with them on the court. They don't care about what I do, what I say about their predictions, you know. And why should they? I'm just putting it out there. But uh, this is all good. Brandon Thomas, thank you for tuning in as always. And Rocket fans, I'm going to have a, a Rocket Talk live stream tomorrow. Oh, 8 p.m. Eastern, Will? Thank you. 7 p.m. Central? Something around that time. I'm not, I haven't really decided yet. It might be a little later than that. I haven't decided yet, but we'll be talking Rockets uh, specifically tomorrow. So appreciate that. I just love – see, Rocket fans come tune in to folks talking sports 
to talk Rockets. See, they get us, you know, we're trying to talk Cougs and other stuff. They get us on a Rocket tangent. It's all good. Of course, I started with the John Wall conversation. But Andy, did you notice the U of A schedule, men's basketball schedule? The team that U of H plays twice, men, play twice on ESPN Plus? Mm, for conference? For, yes, conference opponent, they play twice on ESPN Plus. I think it's an indication USF of what... and Tulane. Yes. <laughs> I think that is USF an indication points. of what the expectations are, especially for South Florida. And they probably are justified because... You talk about a program that's fallen on hard times the last few years. Man, oh, man. Right. But, yeah, U of H, men's hoops, not many games are on ESPN+. Plus. Majority of them are on ESPN2, the big networks, ESPN2, ESPN, some ESPNU games, and, of course, ABC and CBS. This being the second year of the, the TV deal for the conference, they got – Wichita State got games on CBS, uh, Memphis – you know, you're seeing what Commissioner Resco touted when the deal was signed a couple of years ago, that this is more basketball games on linear networks. It looks good. It's just ironically now in what, two years from now, U of H will be on Big Monday on ESPN. <laughs> so and ABC, I think Big 12 games are on ABC a lot a lot more on Saturdays than AAC games. But it all works out like that. Will, I'm going to come to you, brother, to, to give your, your shine, your spotlight. You got solo screen, man, so you, you can tout, plug your, your work, plug your site, and then Andy will come to you. You can do the same solo screen. Go ahead. What do you got to say? Before I do that, can I plug the Ohio State piece, basketball piece real quick? You want, you want solo screen? Yeah, however you want to do it. Let's let's do it. We want to do it. All right, you got it. That's how did he? Oh, look at that! See, he, he lost him the moment he went to the solo screen. Why since the ball? Try it again. Start start over. Start over. You froze there. Start over. All right. So, uh, Ohio State received a commitment on Wednesday from four star small forward Bryce Sensiball, uh from Orlando, Florida. It's their fifth commit for the uh, class of twenty twenty two. Uh, brings their class to second ranked overall, just behind Duke and ahead of Carolina or Kentucky three, Carolina four. And you can always reach me at uh, Will Gibson seven on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Will Knows on Facebook and WTGSports.com. Thank you, Will. And real quick, since you brought up a commit, I haven't seen, I'm still looking for it on social media. I haven't seen it on his, his TikTok announcing it, but uh, he, he was Jared McCain from California, uh, class of 23, was supposed to uh, take a visit to U of H today through Sunday. He's, he's a, he is a rising, I think he's five-star now. He's a rise. He went from unranked, to blowing up this summer to being top 20 to a five-star. He's a six, two, six, three scoring guard who can rebound and dish it up. You know, that's a, that's a Kelvin Sampson player right there 
who can score rebound, defend, and pass. So if he's here, hope he he made it here and the dodge the raindrops. And U of H is one of four or five schools he's considering. But that's a five star. So you're seeing U of H bringing in or, or, or five star players considering U of right, H. Just, uh, Walker, more and more. Jace Walker too. Yeah, Jarrett should be here. I, I think he's he's on Alabama's campus this weekend, and but he's scheduled to be at U of H at the end of this month. And take it for what it's worth. People in the know, this may change the course, but people in the know expect him or say that Jarrett Walker will commit to U of H. This hasn't happened yet, but. He's he's a five star, six nine, athletic big man, who looks like his his physique looks like uh, Isaiah Stewart, muscle like like Ben Wallace, mm. off, top, off top of my head, that kind of build. <laughs> okay, right. So right. so yeah, but we're gonna wrap it up. Andy, you, you're next. You can give a football update and then remind folks how they can find you all over the place because you're a busy man too. Solo for you as well, brother. Right. They can follow me on Twitter at Ayana's underscore five. Anyone in the Paraland Friendswood area could follow my work at Community Impact Newspaper and also Pot Time Pajama for UH Athletics. Uh, currently, UH is still winning 28 to three. Uh, Tulsa scored off. It looked like they were going to have a field goal opportunity uh, at least. And Clayton Toon threw an interception in the red zone. So they haven't been perfect, but as close to dumb and as possible in the first half. And, and I, I was remiss. I, I didn't do that one time, do this one time, this show and my apologies to my, my colleagues. So let's close it out with that. How to find them on Twitter as well as me. I'm not going to, not going to do solo screen because I want people to see that while the two of them are on, on screen as well. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston round bar Review. Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. Thank you for the people tuning in on Facebook and, and YouTube. Uh, Houston Round Bar Review has been around since 1994. That's longer than Indiana has been alive. Um, talking basketball, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram. Twitter, you see scrolling across the screen, is the, some folks say the, HR Review. Hope y'all are enjoying these live stream shows we're doing as part of Folks Talking Sports. We'll be doing, I'll be doing a, a Rockets Talk stream show tomorrow, October 2nd. Uh, I'll post it and put a link on the, the YouTube channel tomorrow. Haven't decided on time yet, but looking forward to Rocket fans tuning in and asking questions and grilling me, but having fun, because that's what it's all about, having fun and sharing some knowledge and insight with you. Going to wrap it up and close it out. Guys, uh, are we good again for next Friday? I don't think the Rockets play next Friday preseason game, do they? Cavs no. play next Friday. I'm not. So you're not? Okay. okay. So when, when are you available then, Will? Saturday? Um, you got a football game? Buckeyes play next Saturday? Buckeyes play Saturday, yes. They play Maryland at noon Eastern, yeah. Okay, and then yeah. you got the Browns on the 10th? Is that right? Yes, yes. So you're busy and see – Rock said a homie I'm on the on Thursday the seventh. We'll figure it out and I'll announce okay. it. 
we'll put it on on our Twitter accounts. And of course, Andy created the Folks Talk Sports Twitter account. If you haven't already signed up, follow us on there. Please do so. I need to add that to the to the scroll. So folks to uh, join and follow us is Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. We're, we're growing. We're getting better. Uh, the clips adding it to it. And we got to start. I guess we, we got to create a little time, a little corner, a pocket of the show for entertainment purposes. A little Andy Inez, Will Gibson picking a game uh, discussion <laughs> where, where y'all little, have a little a discussion about a matchup so we can put out and include our clip. So that could be a part of the show going forward. What you got, Will? To that point, I had something like that today. So, do the Texans feel disrespected? And I, and I say this is why I say that because the Jets. Everybody knows the Jets. Yeah, seventeen point underdogs to the Bills. Like that's college football point spread stuff. And then the Jets, who everybody knows, the Jets are not good. They're seven-point underdogs. We lost him again. The, but the Texans that, are a seventeen-point underdog to Buffalo. That's 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 crazy. But it, it, could that be a combination of Davis Mills and yeah. being a rookie and Buffalo playing well? As I heard, because I didn't watch, Buffalo masked the Washington football team. Um, last Sunday, the team I used to root for when I cared about the NFL. Um, could it be that part of it? I think 17 points screams for letdown, you know, after the big win this past Sunday, but we shall see. Okay, Will, are, are you are you guaranteeing the Texans will <laughs> cover the, the 17 points? Do you want to you want to put it out there? Or are you gonna do it? That's are Andy's stick, man. I'm, I'm are you, I am going to. Andy, Andy, do I, you want to do it? Do you want to guarantee the Texans and the 17 over the Bills? No, I won't. Just in turn, I think <laughs> it's going to be – I don't think it will be pretty on Sunday. Uh, Buffalo's coming in hot. They're, I mean, honestly, Buffalo might be – I know it's a completely different team, but I'm pretty sure they still haven't forgotten 2019 when they came in here and – had like a 16-0 lead and ended up blowing it and lost it. And that's when Houston advanced in the playoffs. So they probably still remember that. Uh, they lost to 15 to, to Carolina. Uh, yeah, in Buffalo, I don't I don't think it will. I'd be surprised if it's closer than 17, the final score. Okay. I, I will say – Go ahead. Davis Mills, that's a big part of it. Just be flat out. Um I don't think they'd be 17-point underdogs if Tyrod Taylor was starting, but I think the the certainly with the Texans, have, I mean, they're already kind of not, not – weren't expected to be good and they're dealing with injuries, so that's a, a big part of it. But, I mean, they they struggle to stop Sam Darnold. So they're going to really struggle to try to stop Josh Allen. Fair enough. I just look forward to whenever you you guarantee a, predict, a pick to, to play the clip. So – because it'll be, I want it to become part of the folks talking sports show. And will Andy's Andy's so hip, or our show is getting so hip, he started to uh, write it down. I type it as FTS. 
oh. <laughs> talking sports. So yes, we're we're getting to be just three letters now. We're getting to be on that level. How about hey, let's go. So so how about that? So yeah. All right, uh, fellas, thank you again, and, and hang tight. So we'll finalize when we're going to be on again. To, to people who tuned in, thank you very much. Appreciate your support. We're one month away from our first sponsor of Folks Talking Sports for college basketball season. Look for that. I hope you all enjoy what we're doing. And I think, well, we got to agree on a date, but we're going to have a, a new guest on our shows in the future, Jayla Mason with the Daily Cougar, she'll be on to, 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 to talk sports, obviously, duh, and share her insight with us and, and the audience. So got a new addition coming to the family. This is what we do for Talk of Sports, guys. Y'all be safe. Take care. See you soon. <laughs>